Hello, my friends. Welcome to Deeper Than Dating, the best place for singles to uplevel their lives and take advantage of their single time. I'm your host, Sarah Mack, breakup and relationship coach, and I'm here to guide you to uplevel and upgrade your single life by building a deeper connection with yourself. I'm on a mission to help millennials take advantage of their single time so they can get over their past, stop settling in life, attract better relationships, and have fun while being single. On Deeper Than Dating, we will explore topics of self-development, psychology of love, relationships, and breakups, mindset, spirituality, and manifestation in order to deepen the relationship with ourselves, which is truly the secret to deeper dating. Whether you find yourself still trying to get over your ex, questioning all your relationship decisions, desiring a more fulfilling single life, or chasing your next relationship, this is the place to be. It doesn't matter where you're at in your journey because the answer will be the same. Dig deeper into your connection with yourself in order to attract a better life and level up. It's not about dating. It's not about the breakup. It's not about your future. It's always deeper. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Deeper Than Dating. Today, we're talking with self-love coach Avery Underwood, also a friend of mine, and her Instagram is so fun, so we'll talk about that at the end. Um, And I was just, you know, I'm just staring at her outfit. She's just like, has this the grooviest, like groovy, like how old am I? The front, (laughs) like the funkiest style. I just like love her whole vibe and you will too. So I'm really excited for us to have this conversation. We're talking all about self-love, all things self-love, which is a huge topic today. So we're really going to dive into it and not just like the fluffy part, but like the darker side of self-love and the journey and how lonely it can be. And so Avery is really going to open up and share her journey today. And we're hoping that it can help any of you that are listening and on your own self-love journey. So welcome Avery to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that we finally got to do this because I've canceled about five times. <laughs> I know, I know. It's fine. It's, okay. it's all in good timing. Yes. This is the perfect day. Everything's aligning, you know, perfectly. So first, of course, we want to hear about who you are. We know you're a self-love coach. What does that even mean to someone that is like, does that even exist? And how? how you came to be doing what you're doing. Okay. Well, so yes, I'm a self-love coach and what that means, what it entails is that I help people to deeper, um, bring deeper self-acceptance to themselves and learn to love being who they truly are. Essentially my work is around helping people come back home to themselves. Right. Um, I think that you know, when I first started on my self-love journey, I definitely felt like there was something wrong with me that I needed to be fixed that I like, you know, there were certain things that I felt were wrong, quote unquote, wrong about myself that like, why I felt so insecure that that was wrong, or like the fact that I was a perfectionist that was quote unquote, wrong. Um, But the thing is, is that when we can learn to accept all of these parts of ourselves, and we stop looking at them as problems to be fixed, that is when self-love can flourish and grow and we can learn to um, 
yeah, just be the fullest, fullest expression of who we are. Um, so yeah, that's it in a nutshell, basically. So my work, my job is to essentially make people, um, yeah, learn to trust themselves, um, be able to tap into their intuition and live their fullest expression in their, in their best lives, essentially by living in alignment with who they truly are, not what society tells them to be. So, um, yeah, I hope that answered your question. I can't remember what else you asked me. How did I get into the work that I do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many questions I can ask because self-love, I mean, this work, this is the basis of anything. So whether you're in the field of business or love relationships, like self-love really is the root of it all. So that is where the work needs to start. But yeah, how did you get to where you're at now and your journey? Because I know a bit about your journey. So for the listeners, I know you've had some breakups and relationship journeys and now you're coming back to yourself. So we'd love to hear about that experience. Okay, perfect. Um, and my personal journey is very reflective of how I got into being a self-love coach also. So both stories are intertwined. So I will um, pick out the, yeah, we'll just go for it. So in my teens and my early twenties, I was definitely like highly insecure. Um, I think that that's pretty classic for, you know, teenagers and people in their early twenties. It's like, we're all trying to figure our shit out, figure out who we are, but also like fit in. Right. We're kind of taught, um, we're taught to conform in order to be accepted. Right. In our teenage years, it's what I feel like it's kind of commonplace, you know, and that's why, um, a lot of bullying and stuff like that takes place when like really the people are super nice, but it's like pack mentality, you know? Um, and then people look back, they're like, I can't believe I did that. And it's like, yeah, but you were just trying to fit in, you know, like as humans, the only reason that we have survived as a species is because of our ability to um, form social relationships and stay as part of the pack. Right. So like, we shouldn't feel bad about the fact that when we were younger, we conformed and blah, blah, blah. But essentially what those younger years do to us is that we almost become like a, we become like a masked version of ourselves because when we're, when we're wanting to be um, accepted by the wider group, right? There are certain parts of ourselves that we reject and that we say, that's bad. Like I need to be more like this or whatever. And as we do that and we grow up that way, we're getting further and further away from our truest, most authentic selves, Right. And this is something that happens to everyone, I think. So I was definitely, um, I was definitely like that in my early twenties. I, like I said, I suffered from super insecure. I fell into partying a lot because when I was drinking and doing other things, I felt like the best, most amplified version of myself. And I became addicted to that version of myself. So when I like, wasn't partying, I like felt, I don't know, like, yeah, just insecure. Um, this was also a time in my life where, I was dating people who were not uh, not good for me. Like I was classic insecure, anxious attachment where um, I was dating avoidant attachment people, essentially like complete assholes who treated me like shit. Um, and because I was like pretending to be this cool girl who like didn't give a shit about anything, I would never stand up for myself, never set boundaries. Um, and I was only hurting myself in the process. And then when I was 25, I met my... Now, ex-ex-boyfriend, um, and when we met, it was like, 
I thought that he was like the love of my life, that we were going to get married, have kids. I was like, this is it, right? Um, but what I didn't realize I was doing at that time because of this insecurity is that I was looking for somebody else to fill that void within myself, you know? So when I met him and I met this person, you know, and we're taught that like, you know, our other half and all the that kind of bullshit, like I definitely felt that way about this relationship. Um, and about 11 months after we met, we ended up moving in together and we quickly fell into kind of like some bad, some bad patterns, essentially. Like he was working all the time. Um, me as the people pleaser, I was cooking all the time, cleaning all the time, doing all of the housework, you know? Um, and really at 26, 27, I was like, fuck, am I really going to be this like, I don't know, this like housewife already, you know, is this really like what I want? But I didn't have the vocabulary or the self-love to be able to express how I was really feeling. I was afraid that if I really told him how I was feeling, if I tried to set boundaries, I didn't even know what a boundary was at this point when I was 26, you know? And I was really afraid if I, if I say how I'm really feeling, like, you know, maybe he's going to get mad at me. He's going to leave me like all of the, these like trauma responses. So I ended up just like completely shutting off and essentially building resentment from like that moment on. And when you build a relationship on that kind of foundation, it's very hard to turn that around if your partner is not somebody who's also into personal development, right? So a couple of years into our relationship, I remember I signed up for my first self-love coaching course with another, with a self-love coach. And it was during this time that I started learning about, um, you know, boundaries, saying no, speaking my truth, like being able to trust my intuition and all these kinds of things. And I remember there was quite a pivotal moment where the coach was talking about her ex-partner um, and how she basically put her whole life on hold in order to like go traveling with him, et cetera. And my intuition literally, like I had this huge like rush of like, um, like feeling in my body, like heat in my body that I was like, it was like my all knowing was like screaming at me because I had, when I first met Luke, I wanted to go traveling like a year into the relationship and then he couldn't go. So I was like, I'm not going to go like, you know, the relationship is all important, whatever. So this was about a year later. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, like that's, that's me. Like, that's what I've done. Like I completely disregarded my wants, my desires and everything and sacrificed it for this relationship. And like, I fell into a deep depression during that time because, and I didn't realize it was because I was living out of alignment with myself. Like I was, I had completely put all of my desires to the side for this relationship. And I just remember thinking to myself, I was like, oh my God, right. So what do I need to do? And I was like, okay, like I need to go away and I need to go away on my own. So once again, this was at a time that I didn't feel comfortable speaking my truth. It literally made me feel so anxious. I remember like even the thought of having this conversation with my partner was like making me shake with anxiety and I couldn't think of anything else. And I just remember I was like, I just have to do it. So I told him like, you know, I need to go traveling. And I need to do it on my own. Um, he was super lovely, super understanding about it. Um, but yeah, we ended up staying together for about another year and a half after that, because this was literally right in the beginning of COVID times. And we were living together and like, I didn't have any money saved up to go traveling. And like, you know, we loved each other and we were best friends. Um, so we were like, why not just stay together until I leave? So for the next year and a half, 
after this self-love coaching journey that I went on, that was when I really started to, you know, set stronger boundaries, be able to say no. I stopped partying um, as much as I was before as a way to like fill the void within myself. And I was being very intentional about, um, about those kinds of things in my life. And I also started speaking up more in the relationship about things that were bothering me, things such as like the dishes not being done for two days. <laughs> and I remember because of this foundation that we had built together where I used to not say anything, as soon as I started to speak up, my ex-boyfriend would, um, he didn't really know how to handle it. Let's put it that way. And I feel like this is when I kind of realized that there were so many things about the relationship that just weren't in alignment. Now that I was getting to know myself more and understand myself more, um, I was really starting to see kind of the holes um, in our relationship. So by the time I ended up leaving, I was very, very much ready, very much ready to go. And like me and him, we're still really good friends. And that's kind of where we got to in the end, I feel like. Um, and then I was single for the first time in four and a half years, coming over to Mexico to do some traveling for a while. Um, during the last year of mine and Luke's relationship was when I had done my coaching qualification. And I initially actually qualified as a nutrition and lifestyle coach. Um, and then my intuition started telling me that I didn't want to be telling people what to do. I wanted them to find the answers within themselves. So I kind of fell into like intuitive eating and that kind of thing. And then I realized, like you say, the foundation of everything is self-love, right? Like a reason that people are restrictive within their diets is because of a lack of self-love. Like self-love is literally like the foundation of all of these things. So from there, I ended up being like, okay, self-love is really the answer. And this is really my passion, um, especially because I've been going on so much of my own personal journey, like I said setting boundaries and all these kinds of things and really I'm taking better care of myself um, and really seeing such great results with that. So yeah, that's how I fell into self-love coaching. So before I came to Mexico, um, I ran a group program three times, which I loved. And when I decided to, when I was leaving the UK, I said to myself that um, I was going to take a hiatus from my business because I really just wanted to focus on my own self-love. Like I was going to be single for the first time in four and a half years. I felt like a totally different person at this time in my life than I did when I had first met my ex-boyfriend. And I just thought to myself, you know, the best way, the best thing I can do for myself is to really have this time for me and continue to build that self-love, but on my own, you know, me and my ex used to joke that um, one of the reasons that I really felt like I needed to end the relationship is because for me personally, doing all the self-love work in that relationship, it was almost like having like a, what's it called? Like a, a life jacket on or a life vest on when you're in the water. Do you know what I mean? Like you have that love, mm -hmm. you have that uh, like external validation coming into you, but what do you do when that's stripped away? How can you build that for yourself? And we actually talked about this when you came on uh, my podcast recording that like for, for a lot of people, they may be in a relationship that they can work on themselves um, in a healthy, supportive way. However, for me and my personal journey, it was very important for me that I was able to do it on my own. I was able to stand on my own two feet. Um, so that's where I was at when I first came to Mexico. And I remember that... It was only about four weeks after I got here and I 
was really kind of leaning into all of my difficult emotions. I was feeling really lonely and all these kinds of things. I was really able to kind of like lean into my shadows and process them. And I was feeling like I was in a really good place. And then <laughs> I met another guy <laughs> and it was a total whirlwind romance. Like everything that I had felt like I was missing from my previous relationship, this man made me feel like, um, yeah, made me feel like this was it, you know? And it was mm -hmm. super intoxicating, super whirlwind, whirlwind romance. And um, I fell into it super, super quickly. And I don't, I don't regret it for a second. Like it was really such a beautiful experience falling in love as it always is. Um, but I feel like a couple months into, you know, me meeting this guy, I really started to battle with myself about, is this right? Like, is this right? Is this really what I want? Because when I was with my, uh, when I was with Luke, I was saying to myself at the end, like the next person I'm going to be with is going to be like, you know, the person that I'm going to be with forever. Like the love, it's going to be the love of my life. The person that I'm going to have kids with, blah, 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 blah. So when I met this guy super soon after, and in the beginning, it was like super intoxicating and amazing. However, I feel like, you know, when the penny kind of drops, like, I don't know, the honeymoon period, like bu the bubble bursts, right? I had one of those moments and I was kind of like, fuck, like, I do really love this person. However, I'm not 100% sure if this is really what I want. Because like, when I was dating in my early 20s, I was dating the complete wrong type of people. Then I had my four and a half year long relationship. And then I fell into another relationship, like really soon after. How can you know what you want if you've not really been dating in an empowered kind of way, you know? And I feel like I was also like a huge part of me just really wanted to be single, but I also really loved him. So it was like, mm -hmm. I was constantly battling with these two things and eventually it just got too much for me. And I remember it's so interesting because this was literally like last, last February, March. So like less than a year ago. Um, it's just insane how much can happen in a year, like in your life, but also like personally on your personal development journey. Um, and I remember it got too much for me and I, he came home from work and I sat him down and I was like, I remember actually when I decided that I was going to leave and that I was going to like end the relationship, I remember thinking to myself, what can you say to him? That's not the real truth that will make him feel better about this. And I remember actually having this thought, how can I dilute the truth so that I don't hurt him as much? Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was like, I just really need to be single. And he was like, but why, what happened? And I was literally just going around in circles, sugarcoating everything, just making like fluffy bullshit up. And I remember looking at him and the hurt in him because he just didn't understand because I, what he knew I wasn't being honest with him. Mm -hmm. And I just remember it was literally the hardest, like, sit, well, it was the hardest six hours of my life, like to date in that time. Like there's more to the story after that we'll get into, but um, I just remember seeing the hurt on his face and he was like, but I just don't understand. And I was like, I'm sorry, I just have to do this for myself. So I ended up leaving and coming to Mexico city and yeah, like about a week later, I ended up sleeping with somebody else. Um, and then a few weeks after that, like my ex got in touch with me again, being like, Hey, we started to like rebuild a connection together. And I remember I went to go visit him maybe like a month after I had left him. 
And we had like a super nice like date day where he took me out on the boat. We went to like the secluded beach. We made like ceviche on the beach. It was amazing. And we had a super honest conversation about what had happened like a month before. Like that's when I felt like I could really be honest with him about everything that had happened. Um, you know, the doubts I'd been having certain things that like behaviors that had gone on between the two of us that like I wasn't comfortable with. Um, and he was also super honest with me about where he was at. It felt like a really beautiful place that we were at together foundationally. Um, so we start, kind of started building the relationship up again at that time. But I remember still feeling like I kind of needed to be single. And I expressed this to him and we decided that we would enter into an open relationship together um, I didn't realize at the time, but it's not what he wanted. He was just saying that to appease me so that we could essentially stay together. Um, but, you know, we did all the conversations, really talked about the boundaries of the open relationship. And I thought that we were like totally on the same page at this point. And then about a week later, I ended up making out with somebody else as per like in our agreement, like I thought we were on the same page. And then when I told him, he got so upset. And then I got upset because I was like, I knew that you didn't want this. Um, and yeah, it was just, uh, it that was, that was really not a great day. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, if this is the repercussions of having this open relationship, like, I don't want that. So like, I guess, I guess we just won't be in one because it's going to be easier. And it's interesting, all of these little threads that I'm talking about, it's like me semi abandoning myself, right? Like mm -hmm. trying to appease the relationship. Um, like for the good of the relationship versus for the good of me. So fast forward a couple of weeks, I ended up in Baja going to see him for a few weeks. And um, I ended up, I found out that I was pregnant. And that was the moment that like in the beginning, he was super supportive. He was like, you know, whatever you want to do, I'm here for you. Like it's your body, your choice. Like I'm fully supportive of it. I remember a few days later, like, I did not want a child before this happened. Like, I, I do in the future, but I didn't now, obviously. And anyone who has been pregnant before will understand that. I mean, some people are, like, really able to emotionally disconnect. And if they decide to get an abortion, they do. And it doesn't seem to um, leave a long-lasting, like, trauma effect. But for me, like, when I was pregnant, like, everything fucking changed. And I remember a few days later asking him... Like, do you think that we could really do this? And that's when things started to come out, come out of the woodworks. And he was like, you know, to be honest, I've been really hurt by a lot of things that happened in our relationship. Like you left me, like the, then you slept with someone. And then, um, you know, he basically did a whole recap on everything that had happened. And then the open relationship being made out with that guy, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, like, thank you so much for being honest with me. Like finally about all this. He was like, you know, I'd at least want like a year of stability before we even think about talking about having a family you know I eventually decided that you know I'm 30 years old it's not the last time I'm going to um hopefully like be able to have a child you know there were a lot of doubts going on in my mind about the relationship in general and like where I was kind of at that I decided I was going to get an abortion and this is something that I haven't really like shared that much about I wrote a little bit about it on my Instagram like right before um New Year's and because it's such a divisive topic like it's a it's, it's a topic that I'm super passionate about um 
But anyway, like that was honestly like the hardest time of my life was trying to figure out what to do. Because on the one Mm -hmm. hand, like I knew logically that, you know, I had more time and that like, yes, I'd want to be more certain about the relationship. And like, also like if I was going to have the kid, like I'd have to be in Baja. Everyone kept saying, you can take the kid wherever you want. I'm like, but I'm not going to be that person. Like I want the child to be raised with the father, whatever happens, you know? So there were all these factors that went into it. And honestly, it was, that was one of the most lonely periods of my life, because even though you have a partner who's there to support you during that time, like it's you, it's your body and it's ultimately your choice, you know? And also you have all the hormones going on. Like I felt so nauseous, so tired, trying to make this huge lifelong decision where every single day it's like a fucking ticking time bomb, you know? Yeah. Even though that day was super fucking hard, like the trauma that I experienced from going through that, I don't regret my decision for a second. But it was a couple weeks after this happened that I was back in the States for a couple months. So we were doing long distance for a little while. And a couple weeks after the abortion, my now ex-boyfriend started to emotionally distance himself from me. And I remember there was one specific conversation. It was two weeks after I'd had the procedure. And my therapist said to me, you know, be really kind to yourself right now. You're postpartum. You have all of these like hormones and everything going on right now. So like, you know, if you're feeling like shit, like it's totally normal. And I remember calling my, my ex telling him about this and I was crying because I hated my job at the time. Like I was living at home. Like I felt super isolated. I was so far away from him and I was obviously had all this hormones and everything going on. And he said to me, you have everything that you've ever wanted in your life. I don't know why you're still not happy. And I was like, it was the first time he had ever spoken to me like that before. And I was so taken aback. And like, when you're being gaslit like that, you always think that like, it's it's your fault. Do you know what I mean? So in that moment, I was like, fuck, maybe I am being ungrateful. Like maybe it's not as bad as it seems, you know? And I was really questioning myself. And from there it got progressively worse. Like, I remember that day, I think I said to him, like, like, why are you saying that to me? Why are you being different? Like, what's going on? He was like, I don't know. I don't know. And I would push him and push him and push him until eventually he's like, do you know what? I think it's because you made out with that guy once. And like, you know, I've just like, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot and it just like really grosses me out and like all this stuff. And I was like, okay, but the, like, this was so long ago. And I feel like we've moved on so much from this and he just could not let it go. He could not let it go. I feel like the distance just kind of like the seeds of resentment, like really started to grow and the walls started to come up, but he was not communicating with me, you know? And then a couple of weeks after that, I remember we had a conversation where um, something had happened and he said to me, like, I wish that we couldn't speak for a couple of days so that I could miss you. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, you're my boyfriend. Like we're in a long distance relationship. Like I want to speak to you, obviously. And I remember thinking to myself, I left that conversation being like, am I being too needy? Am I asking for too much? Mm -hmm. And then I had a conversation with my therapist who told me, she gave me terrible advice. She said, why don't you just back off a little bit? Like guys like it when, when you do that. And I was like, what? And I remember leaving (laughs) that. I know. I remember leaving that conversation. Not only had I been gaslit by him, but also like she gave me this comment. And you know, when like you all of a sudden feel like, you have no root in reality. Like everything that you thought to be true, like when you're being yeah. gaslit from so many different directions, everything that you thought to be true is apparently not true. And I literally felt like the room was like spinning out around me. 
And then I remember I snapped back into reality. I came back into my body and I thought to myself, do you know what? I know that I'm not being too needy. And I know Mm -hmm. that I shouldn't have to back off from my boyfriend. Like that's fucking bullshit. Like terrible advice, right? And that was literally the moment that I realized that I had all of the answers within myself. Like I Mm -hmm. didn't need to be looking outside of myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to be asking for advice from people. Like I knew what was true for me and I knew what I deserved and I knew what I needed. And this was really the culmination of my whole self-love journey and all the work I had been doing that all of a sudden everything really started to integrate for me. Like everything in my life was fucking crashing and like burning to the ground around me. And yet through all of this darkness was when I really found myself. Mm -hmm. And for a few weeks after that, like I was meant to be coming back to Mexico to move in with him and to be with him. But obviously everything had like completely gone to shit and he was treating me like shit. But I remember saying, you know, maybe it's just the distance. I'll just go with an open heart and an open mind. Maybe everything will be different when we're there in person. So those last three weeks that I was in Connecticut was really when I started to breathe a lot of like self-acceptance and self-love into myself and like really face my difficult emotions like head on. And every time I would feel uncomfortable or feel a certain way and I would want to ask a friend for advice, I would sit with myself and I would ask myself, what do you think that you should do? And at first it took me a little while to like get to the answer. Like I remember, you know, when you're so used to looking outside of yourself and like reading self-help books and like getting information on Instagram, et cetera, you start to like um, kind of filter through all the information that you've like read, you know, Mm -hmm. but when I like, waded through all the bullshit and all of a sudden my intuition would tell me like oh like this is what you need to do and now I would feel really anxious about having to to action it however once I started to flex that muscle and I started to um do what my intuition was telling me and build up that confidence the more calm my nervous system became in those situations you know yeah and then when I got back to Mexico it was just very clear that the relationship was completely over. I was very proud of myself that I went there to tackle it head on. But as soon as we saw each other, he didn't even kiss me to say hi. Uh, We had the most awkward car ride back to where he lived. And then as soon as I got into the house, I was just like, what the actual fuck is going on? And it was such a frustrating breakup because I was being, I was in my authenticity and integrity and saying exactly how I was feeling. And all I was getting in return was like, I don't know. I don't know. Like I'd ask him like, are you pushing me to break up with you? And he's like, I don't know. And like, how are you feeling? I don't know. And I got a taste of my own medicine from when I left him back in March, when I didn't tell him what was really going on, you know? Yeah. And yeah, at the end of our relationship, I remember we actually had a conversation where it was like, what do we feel like we've learned from each other? And I was like, do you know what I've learned is that I will never ever dilute or sugarcoat the truth again because I know how much it fucking hurts when you're being lied to or when people aren't telling you what's going on there is nothing more infuriating than knowing that somebody is thinking something or feeling something and when you ask them they say I don't know and I don't know if it comes from like a want to protect the other person and their feelings it definitely was for me you know when I left him and I was because I had this thought, I told you, like, 
how can I like not hurt him as much? But I inadvertently hurt him way more by doing that. Sometimes you have to have the hard conversations and the things that hurt the most and that are painful in order for the other person to make peace with what's going on, you know? Yeah. Um, and ultimately, if you're being honest with yourself and you're being honest with the people around you, like everything in your life will align to your highest good, you know? Mm-hmm. So even though this experience was extremely painful and hard and hurtful, like really through all of the shit, like I really found myself, I found the strength and the groundedness within myself to know what was true for me and to finally have um, the strength to be able to be honest and speak my truth. And when I came back to Mexico City after single, um, I just continued to be on that journey and continued to spend time with myself, get to know myself more, make friends with my triggers, um, and really just stand in my power and stand in my highest alignment at all times. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been pretty fucking wild, but ultimately. <laughs> it's led me to where I am now. And I feel even more passionate about the work that I do because I know how life-changing it is when all of the tools and everything that you learn finally integrates. And then you continue to strengthen that muscle over and over and over again and prove to yourself that you can trust yourself, that you are worthy of everything that you want and that you desire. So yeah, it's uh, ultimately ultimately here we are (laughs) (laughs) wow well I love your story and I know we've talked about this how our stories are similar in a lot of ways especially through love and relationships and and finding ourselves through our relationships and especially how you know you had your what four and a half year relationship your your longer your longer relationship and then you really started your journey in that relationship and you started to build that relationship with yourself. So then the next relationship that you attracted into your life in Mexico, you were attracting from a more authentic and different version of yourself, but you still had life lessons to learn. You still had soul lessons to learn. The universe was like, you are getting exactly what you need right now because you still have shit to do inside so that you can ultimately ascend live your purpose and help other people do you feel that connection like do you feel like this person came into your life to teach you the exact lessons you needed to learn 100 percent, 100 percent. um yeah I definitely do I feel like you know, it's really interesting to reflect back on both of the relationships. And ultimately, like I was saying earlier, I feel like the more you date, the more you understand what you want, and also like what you deserve and what you desire, right? Um, But yes, even though, yeah, I 100% think that the relationship came into my life to teach me those lessons. And this is what I was saying, like me and him having this conversation, like during our breakup, is that Um, I think that that was really such a profound thing to really know and understand and integrate about like, you know, being able to speak my truth and be honest with myself and with other people is really what serves my highest purpose, but also the other person and the people in your life, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also 
melted away the fear that that comes with of hurting the other person because you are going to hurt people in your life. I think I was so afraid. It's like the lingering people pleaser. I was so afraid of hurting other people that, you know, I would sugarcoat and not say what was really going on in my mind. However, I now understand that um, it's actually way more hurtful to know that, you know, you're, the other person's not being honest with you. So even though it's, it, it hurts you to hurt another person, especially somebody that you love, because even if you're breaking up with someone, that love is still there for that person. You know, I think this is something that a lot of people don't really think about that. Yes, it sucks to be broken up with, but also breaking up with someone is so fucking painful also. Am I allowed to swear? Sorry. I feel like I've yeah. swearing a lot. <laughs> yeah, we're way past that point. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You are. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I've, I've ended all of my longer term relationships with a very similar feeling of like, I'm outgrowing this relationship. We're not on the same path, but agonizing for months over it and like really, truly loving someone, but knowing deep in your soul that it has to end. It's going to end you and you have to be the one to end it. And it's not, it fucking sucks. Like it's not easy either way, whatever end you're on. What do you do to really connect with your inner truth and your intuition? Because that's a practice. What do, what do you like to do to get there? So for me, I really feel like spending time on my own has been the biggest thing that I can do for myself. Like I feel like in my earlier, in my early 20s, I hated being by myself. Um, I was constantly busy, constantly partying, constantly with people. Um, And now looking back and reflecting back on that, I can see that the reason that I didn't like being on my own is because when you're on your own, you're left with your feelings, you're left with your trauma, you're left with your triggers, you're left with, you're left with all the unprocessed shit. You're left with yourself, essentially. Um, And when you're not used to doing that and you don't know who you are and you kind of fetishize the um the good emotions and like the the good parts of you quote unquote good parts like being happy feeling joyful I definitely was like that um in my younger years that whenever I would feel sad or uncomfortable or anything like I literally hated it and I remember there was so much rejection of that part of myself and what I've realized now is that resistance to that I think the best thing that I've learned to do, especially over the past year, is be able to be on my own, be able to sit with myself and really just ask myself questions. Um, This is what I was saying that started happening, you know, at the end of my last relationship is that instead of reaching for the phone and calling a friend and asking for advice or downloading another self-help book or like watching a TED talk about it. Um, when I really started to ask myself, like, what do you think you should do? Um, And then listening to that and then acting on it. That was when I started to train the muscle of, okay, I do actually know what's right for me. And it always felt good. You know, I always felt really proud of myself for a, like acting on it, but B, because I was acting in my highest alignment. And the only way to really do that is to spend time on your own, to be able to confront these uncomfortable feelings, to be able to confront your trauma, confront yourself, be able to sit with yourself. And eventually you get to a stage, at least for me personally, where it almost becomes like a game of like detective of myself. Like if I feel triggered about something, 
I asked myself, huh, like interesting. I wonder why this is. And I sit with it for a little minute and then it just kind of like goes, you know, and this is how we get to know ourselves more is by being able to understand when we get triggered, our feelings, all these kinds of things. So yeah, I would say alone time, journaling during the alone time can be really helpful because you can ask yourself a question, write it down and just kind of see what comes out of it. What about you? Yeah. Um, I'm reading a psychic intuition book right now. I'm like very into the, you know, like the moments that you explained when you felt this rush of heat over your body where you knew that it you you weren't in the right relationship or you weren't speaking your needs. And it's like we've had these moments of a total it's it's something that that is beyond us that comes through us. And I've had those moments and like, I want more of those moments. I want more, like I want to, I want to experience more clarity and alignment. So definitely, I was just going to say like, definitely journaling, like you said, and it sounds so silly and stupid sometimes, but it's like, you have to get, we have to get all the shit that's just like clouding our brain out of our head so that the clarity can come through and journaling is a great way for that. Or just talking. I know in my human design, like I'm supposed to talk it out. Um, so just having like a brain dump, even if it's recording my voice, um, clarity will come through that way. And then breath work and meditation are the biggest, easiest free things we can do to have those moments. Yeah. I feel like, um, yeah. So time, time on your own, but in silence, I feel like it's really when you're kind of able to pick up on like the inner, the inner voice and the inner knowing and the inner feeling. Um, and I think just asking yourself questions all the time, instead of reaching out for advice, like you can do that. I'm not slating that at all. I think it's very important to be able to talk that out and have a sounding board every now and again. The problem is when we are looking outside of ourselves for the answers all of the time, you know, mm-hmm. um, and being able to constantly ask ourselves, how am I really feeling? And what do I think I should do? And really sitting with that and allowing whatever comes up to be like, okay, and if it scares the shit out of you to do that thing, good, like yeah. good, you know, and do it. And the more that you're able to act on these things, the more you're able to step through that fear, you retrain your nervous system so that it gets easier. So that when you eventually start to do these things more naturally like you just know because you trust yourself it's building self-trust also you know yeah yeah and that was a big question in whether deciding to leave a relationship or end a relationship questioning if this was my person I always wondered is this just fear and anxiety of like relationship commitment or is this my intuition? It can be really fucking confusing. <laughs> it's so confusing. And so you confusing. have to be patient with the process for the answers to come through because we can act impulsively based off of fear or anxiety. And it might not really be our intuition telling us. So that uh, it took me months. Yeah. Like I said, months to de- actually decide, no, this is my intuition telling me. And it kind of eats away at you. What do you feel? Yeah. What do you feel like you do? How could you decipher between the two? Okay. This is a really interesting question because 
I feel like what I was describing, um, what I was describing in my two relationships, especially the one that I just had when I ended up leaving, um, because this is what I couldn't, I could not decipher what was going on. I didn't know if I was being overly perfectionistic, like if I was waiting for the perfect person. I did a lot of research around relationships during this time, actually, because I was so fascinated by the subject. And I was like, maybe I am just being a perfectionist. Like, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect partner or whatever else was going on. But eventually the reason why I did leave is because if the voice, I say the voices, but like my intuition or like whatever was going on, whatever was going on in my brain was not mm -hmm. quieting. It was actually mm -hmm. getting louder and louder and it kept coming up. So in my head, I was like, well, this must mean that it's just not in alignment for me. And I'm trying to logically explain all these things away and like, oh yeah, maybe I'm just being a perfectionist or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer essentially, because it will be interesting if you ask me again in like three years time, now that I feel a lot more aligned and integrated with my self-love and with who I am, I feel like the next time around, it will be totally different. Does that make yeah, sense? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know 100% what the answer is. But I do feel like if the same thing is constantly coming up over and over again, it gets louder and louder and louder. I feel like that's more your intuition. But that, I think it's really hard to answer. I'm still, that's, I think that's why I'm so fascinated with studying the idea of intuition because there is such a gray area. There's such a fine line because relationship anxiety is a real thing. Like we do get, we do carry our trauma with us. And for me, I am an avoidant. I do tend to run away from relationships. So just to protect myself. So how much of that is fear and how much is intuition? This is like, this is. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure that out, but I do. I like how you said the voices because in that, my like four year relationship that I just decided to end, I vividly remember laying in bed at night and having a voice saying, you need to break up with him. Wow. And I was like, God, is that you? <laughs> like, what was that? Oh my God. That's hilarious. But I'll never forget that feeling. And I was like, oh my God, I need to get in a, into therapy ASAP and going to like really trying to figure out because the anxiety was so overwhelming. Yeah. It was so bad. Like not, yeah, just the, the, you're terrified of making the wrong decision also, you know? Yeah. Did you have that? I definitely had that. The fear oh of my like, God, yeah. paralyzing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, we put so much pressure too on these relationships, especially when we're, you know, now in our thirties and it's like, we do want to be in a relationship. We do want partnership. And if you have something good, but it's not quite it, you don't want to fuck it up. You don't want to mess, like decide, make the wrong decision and then regret it. So we put so much pressure on ourselves too. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it can be super tricky and debilitating. I think just to like loop back around what you were asking about intuition versus fear, I think it's really important to point out that you can ask me that question and I can ask you that question and we'll have two completely different answers. Like everyone will have a different answer to this. And this is what um, I was saying in the beginning of what I do as a self-love coach is, you know, I can teach like tips and tricks and like things to do, but 
really ultimately what self-love comes down to is a reconnection with yourself and who you are. And I would have a completely different answer to that question than you would. And so would everybody else. Do you know what I mean? So you can ask mm-hmm. me that question. I can tell you from my pers- perspective. However, for somebody else, it may be completely different. Like people with secure attachment styles um, probably don't get as much relationship anxiety as, you know, you as an avoidant and me as an anxious attached person, you know? So yeah, I think it's different for everybody. And it's probably different for every relationship and yeah, every, every, it really is. So moving forward, you've had these experiences. How are you practicing self-love moving forward, especially if, if, and when you are ready for your next relationship or in the dating world, are you dating? I, I know you took a break. Are you still on your break? No, I'm not. So that was actually really funny. This is another thing I've learned about myself in the past three months of being single is that I was getting triggered into like old patterns. Um, I tend to romanticize about people that I've met and it's silly. And I think a lot more people do it than I had initially thought. But you know, when you meet someone like they're kind of cute and like you have a little bit of like a vibe and then like my brain will literally go to like, you know, we're in a relationship. And I know that that sounds insane, but it's just what happens. And I've learned to make peace with that. I kind of like make it into a joke now when I feel myself like going into like the romanticizing. So in that moment, when this was happening, I felt so uncomfortable by this feeling because I'd felt so grounded and good in myself for like, you know, many, many weeks after the breakup that I was like, okay, I'm just going to cut this off. I'm just going to like not be dating and like blah, blah, blah. And then what I realized I was doing is that I wasn't tackling the problem head on. So, you know, I could cut myself off from dating. And as soon as I would start dating again, the problem would still mm-hmm. be there. Do you know what I mean? The best thing You're to avoiding. do is- Exactly. The best thing to do is to tackle it head on and really like question what's going on, you know, bring that deep self-acceptance into what's happening. Um, And once again, like make it into kind of a game. So that's what I've been doing a little bit more. I also have realized that restriction just does not work for me in any sense. So Mm -hmm. like, as soon as I set that boundary, like two weeks later, I ended up like making out with my roommate. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, ah, you know, whatever. I said I wasn't going to date, but here we are. Not that that was dating, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, the more I've gotten to know myself, the more I realize if I say to myself, like, I'm not going to drink for a month, like 10 days later, I might want to have a drink, you know? So now I do it for like shorter stints of time. If I think that it's necessary, like, okay, I'm not going to go out this weekend or like whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've just been doing is every time I'm just living my life super like in like surrender and flow at the moment. So I really just feel so deeply that everything that is meant to be happening to me will happen when it's meant to, you know, if something's not working out for me right now, it's not the right time for me and it will happen in the future. Um, That's been a huge part of my self-love is just releasing that control and just knowing that everything is happening for my highest good. And if I'm feeling upset that something's not going my way, just being able to notice it, bring that self-awareness to it, take a step back and be like, okay, like everything's all good. Um, and that's what I'm kind of doing intentionally with dating, I guess. Yeah. Just surrender and trust that whoever's meant to come into your life is going to, you don't have to control it and just enjoying the process. I'm also trying to release this, um, this deep desire I've always had to like find my significant other that I like want to build a family with. And, you know, I 
I'm skeptical of using the word forever, but you know, I do have that dream of having that person that, you know, I will, that will be in my life for a very long time. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to release that. Um, what's it called? Like when you want something so badly that like everybody I meet and like, I'm like dating, I guess I kind of go to like, is this really the person that I'm going to be with forever kind of thing? I really want to yeah. release that, that feeling and just kind of be a little bit more in the moment and not be scrutinizing everybody so much. Do you know what I mean? Like I want to be mm -hmm. able to have fun and explore things at the moment without it being so fucking serious. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. yeah, that's the issue with our dating culture today is everyone wants their perfect person and they're analyzing whether it's them on the first date yes. rather than just getting to build a connection with someone and seeing what it can grow into. And it's interesting that you say about on the first date, because I feel like some of the most beautiful connections I've had in my life on the first date or the first meeting, I've had no idea that anything would come of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it takes mm -hmm. a couple more times to be like, Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, I feel like this whole like scrutinizing somebody on the first date thing needs to be eradicated and thrown out the window because how can you fucking know from like meeting someone for the first time, you know, like it's nerve wracking dating. Um, and the first time sometimes we're like not super comfortable and like you're just getting to know someone. And um, I really think there needs to be a little bit more patience in the dating mm -hmm. process. What do you mm -hmm. think? Okay. So as we wrap up, I'm curious, what is the best date you've ever been on best date okay so I would have to say the date that I kind of described earlier um when my ex when we were kind of like getting back together and he took me out on his little dinghy boat into the beautiful bay of La Ventana in Baja California Sur and we went out and we went free diving and he went spear fishing and then we went to this like secluded beach that you can only get to by boat and he made fresh ceviche from the fish that he caught like he had some beers we were in the sun like went for a swim it was just such a such a beautiful and thoughtful day mm -hmm. yeah I think that would be my my best date for sure one point I would just like to make before we wrap up is that you know we said that we were going to talk a little bit about the darker side of self-love I think one of the things that's not often talked about is when you do the self-love work and you get to know yourself more, you do, you can come to realize that you have potentially built certain parts of your life or even your whole life around this idea of who you thought you should be. And when you start to get to know yourself more, um, you start to realize that certain things aren't in alignment. And this is how I definitely felt about my year last year is that sometimes everything in your life has to fucking crash and burn in order for it to be rebuilt. Like I literally felt like through all the shit that went down last year, it was like, I was the Phoenix rising from the ashes. Yeah. Um, and as painful as that can be sometimes to like, feel like you're losing everything in your life. You have so much to gain from to rebuild your life in a more authentic and aligned way that is true to you. And there is literally nothing like it. And like, I feel so good and so calm, so grounded and confident in myself right now 
Mm-hmm. And like, even though shit last year really hit the fan and it was super painful, super hard. I also learned that I can do hard things and I'm not afraid of that anymore. I'm not afraid of losing things because like I said, there's so much to gain when stuff that's not in alignment for you falls away. So I can leave the audience with anything. That's what I'd like to yeah. say. <laughs> Especially when you're in those moments and you're, you feel like everything's falling apart, you have no hope. That is such a great reminder that one, you're not alone. There are many, many people going through something similar where they've lost hope and you, there is always a light on the other side. You have to keep moving forward and trust that a better version of you is, is being born out of this. Exactly. And it's hard. It's fucking hard. It's so hard. And I feel like when you first start on this journey, that can be that can be something that doesn't integrate for a little while. Like after many, many years or whatever, you start to really understand when you can see the lessons of all the shit that has happened to you and you start to understand, okay, well, this is why this happened and look at how much better off I am now because of the lesson I learned because of this. In those dark moments, you almost have that comfort of like, okay, I like everything feels shit right now. I'm allowing myself to feel this feeling like it's okay that I feel this way. However, in hindsight, I'm going to realize like why this has happened and I'm going to be better and stronger for it. There's this argument that that's kind of like gaslighting yourself in the moment, but I disagree. I fundamentally disagree. I think that living with that mentality, being able to find the lessons in the darkness in life um, is really such a more peaceful way to live, you know, and it's, that's it's an it's a more empowered way to live rather than being like a victim of circumstance yeah and seeing that there's a greater purpose to our pain and everything that we are going through I do not see any other option because the only the other option would be okay yeah don't gaslight yourself and just relish in the pain but then at some point you have to find a way to move through it and get get out of it and to me it's seeing that there's a greater purpose beyond all of it like a silly example was this week earlier in the week I think I told you about this I spilled water all over my laptop yeah (laughs) all over my laptop and it died and I remember like for the past couple months I remember thinking to myself like at least I have my laptop at least I have my laptop and then this happens and in the moment I was literally like no and I was crying and I was like I called my sister and I was literally like freaking out. But I remember thinking, I was like, there's a lesson here somewhere and I don't know what it is. And my friend was like, you don't need to find the lesson right now. And I was like, I know. And then literally an hour later, I calmed down. I was like, do you know what? Everything's fine. Like it's going to be fine. The lesson was non-attachment. Just go with it. What am am I going to do? Do you know what I mean? I can try and control the situation and be like, but why did this happen to me? Or I can be like, shit happens. We're going to figure it out move on like what a more peaceful way to live your life you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it's not you're not dead yeah it's exactly. not killing you it's I love that out. example yeah. <laughs> so yeah so fitting so okay tell people where they can find you and connect with you and anything that you have coming up yes so you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at the dot colorful but spelled the British way c-o-l-o-u-r colorful coach wait the dot colorful dot coach um and yeah so I have a couple things coming up I actually have a free 
masterclass that I'm going to do on the 1st of Feb, which is going to be all about self-compassion. So learning to be kind to ourselves, um, which really is the foundation of self-love um, and self-acceptance. Um, so yeah, that I have that coming up. And then in mid-March, I'm going to be launching my new 12-week group program called Self-Love Safari, where we will be <laughs> where we will be um really deep diving into a holistic perspective of self-love um so mind body and soul so the soul is all about coming back to your authentic self the true you who you were born as body is all about like regulating the nervous system and also self-care like taking care of ourselves and how important that is and the mind has to do with uh, the thought work rewiring our subconscious all that good stuff so um it's everything that I've kind of learned on my personal journey um mm -hmm. but really it's a journey of you to find yourself and strengthen your intuition strengthen strengthen that inner knowing um and really get clear on what you want and who you are say it. hi on my Instagram or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yes connect with her I'll link it her Instagram in the show notes so you can find her easily. And thank you, Avery, for being here and being so open and vulnerable. I think your story is so powerful and relatable and that it's going to really help people along their journey. Thank you so much for having me. So nice to connect. You know. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening and we will be back next week. Bye.